Glad you came back to listen to another episode of Thought Capture. My name is David Pearson. These podcasts are the result of some personal soul-searching that I'm inviting you to do with me. A lifetime ago, it seems, I, I used to be a radio announcer with some big dreams of a career in major market radio, California, New York, I don't know. It wasn't my life's calling. I would eventually surrender myself to, I believe, a greater calling to be a pastor. Uh, which I've now been doing for some 25 years, and I have no regrets. A more mature me is reminded I wasn't as talented as I thought anyway. Uh, My motives to be a big celebrity were certainly narcissistic, and it would have led to some trouble, and definitely a flawed character. Uh, Back then, I was what the Bible calls a double-minded man. James 1.8 says he is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Well, what is being double-minded? It's uh, living your life with a consistent state of compromise in place. Uh, Living a portion of your life for God, usually Sunday morning, the remainder of the week, entertaining lust. Uh, The word obsession comes to mind. It's uh, usually some activity or thoughts uh, that you feel that you must hide from other people. It's, it's a temptation that you easily and frequently succumb to. You know it's wrong, and you have moments after committing the sin uh, that guilt creeps in and you feel miserable. Uh, but you don't have much fight in you to resist. You accept weak willpower as your fate and participate in the sin. And then you feel shame. An endless cycle that the Bible calls double-mindedness. I knew a young man in his 20s who attended my church probably 20 years ago. Uh, He would show up for the Sunday morning service, squared away, hair perfectly groomed. And when it came time for me to preach and I took my place behind the big desk, I could see him from my perch that he was leaning forward with his hands on his knees and taking in every word. And I could see the conviction on his face about halfway through the sermon. Uh, when the invitation was given, he would step out into the aisle, write on that first note of the invitation hymn, and come to the front. I would put my hand on his shoulder, and he would look me in the eye and choke back tears and confess sins from the previous night. A moving moment for both he and I. We are both crying. And the church sees the emotional display. Then I wouldn't see him for a couple of months. He would, on a random Sunday, several months down the road, show back up, squared away, sit in the same seat, come forward at the end of the service, and confess the same activity. No doubt he was burdened. I don't doubt that. But he was double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. Then suddenly, he wasn't there anymore. I hope he found peace and broke the cycle. James gives us some advice further along in the book, in the fourth chapter, verse 6. But he, referring to Jesus, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament, mourn, and weep. 
Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Like my friend, I too have struggled with some besetting sins that have driven my thinking and my behavior. When that's happening to you, uh, you're tempted to turn off the voice of the Holy Spirit that convicts. So if you would right now, picture a light switch. On, off, off, on. With that flip of the switch of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Spirit, you turn off your resistance. You're no longer empowered to resist, and you fall into sin. When the light of the Spirit is flipped back on, you are then miserable with guilt. You see it for what it is, sin. The cycle repeats itself unless you do something different. I guess, friend, the question is, how bad do you... How bad do you want to be fully devoted to God? The scripture promises you that if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. I've found that it helps me to talk out loud to God at these critical moments. It's hard to flip the switch with God in the room. Nearly impossible to tell God, please turn your head or leave the room. I borrow from Brother Lawrence's book entitled Practicing the Presence of God. Five short tips. Number one, begin your day with intentionality. It's been proven that your morning routine sets the tone for the rest of the day. Number two, in the process of the day, turn complaining into cries of praise. Number three, learn to turn suffering into opportunities to surrender. Number four, Turn the mundane into holy moments. There are mindless moments in the day. Fill them with prayer, music, and reading the Bible. Number five, lead yourself into worship. This has been Thought Capture. I'm David Pierce, and if you like what you hear, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and share us with a friend. 